Thanks for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. is one of the creators of a Menti Oracle and modern Nirvana Oracle decks. Jennifer Sodini's grandmother taught her how to read Oracle cards as a child, which opened her mind to expansive thinking far beyond religion for as long as she can remember. After three years and over 1,000 clients, Jen closed her books in 2016. Her first major publication was the Menti Oracle in 2019, followed by modern Nirvana in 2021. And she now has the Artist Decoded Tarot in works for release in 2024. Jennifer is not just an author and public speaker. She's also an artist. She writes for Rolling Stone magazine as a part of their invitation-only Culture Council. Hi, Jen. Hi. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I've been, honestly, I've been waiting for this day for a couple of years now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, timing is everything, and I'm so glad that it finally worked out. It finally worked out. Well, you know, I've been very lazy with the show for a while. It just, you know, wasn't inspired, and then all of a sudden I booked four guests in one month for, you know, I was just, like, ready to go. So we're back. Here we are. (laughs) That's how it works sometimes. So I wanted to start by asking you a question in comparing the Menti Oracle to modern Nirvana. One of my favorite things about the Menti Oracle is that like all Oracle decks, it is very accessible to anyone. It doesn't require a lot of study. It's like an unspoken rule for Oracle decks, I think. But if you dive deeply into the book, you actually find that it's deeply esoteric. Uh, with influences from everything from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Talmud. I would say, though, that the modern Nirvana deck actually rivals the first, and I was hoping you could speak on that. Thank you, and that's such a compliment. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... A friend of mine once said that, like, my work is kind of like the LSD and the Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, well, that's such a compliment um, because I like to kind of, like, offer the breadcrumbs into esoterica in an approachable way, you know? And I feel like with Oracle cards, because they don't really require having a solid, like, background in the architecture of the tarot, right? Their art and intuition into one. And then the guidebook kind of complements what your own working tools with it are too, right? So when I created a mentee and had the opportunity, I'm like, okay, how can I have this be accessible yet simultaneously go deep? And that's where like weaving in pop culture and esoterica was like kind of the way where I'm like, oh, well, movies really are that kind of like I don't know, seeing like somebody's mind on the screen, right? And what better way to understand a story than the story of a film? Um, so that whole like Hitchhiker's Guide thing, weaving that in there felt right. Um, but, you know, Amenti, 
I tried to give it enough where, you know, some is poetic, some is esoteric, some has the pop culture. And the fact that it was received so well, that's why going into modern Nirvana, I'm like, I'm going to open this strong and talk about the matrix and talk about John D and talk about Tibetan <laughs> Buddhism and go further. And my intention is hoping that like everything continues to be accessible and deep and then just continues to build off of each other. So it's like, if you like Dementi, hopefully you like modern Nirvana. And then with the artist decoded, it's just like this ongoing kind of, um, grounded ascension into seeing the patterns which govern the layers of our reality. There is no spoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything and no thing. Everything and no thing. Dead and alive at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> we were just talking about Schrodinger's cat. It just so <laughs> everyone knows what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I actually read that this morning, the the quote from The Matrix in the in the description of the book. So I love that your plan is to sort of keep graduating from deck to deck. And I'm I you already know I'm so stoked you're doing a tarot deck. So uh why now? Why tarot now? I'm so curious. So, you know, that that's been in my kind of like life goal game plan for a while, but actually it wasn't my idea. Um, I have a really dear friend named Yoshino who is an artist and he has a podcast called The Artist Decoded, which is fantastic, by the way. He and I actually connected years ago in 2017 at this event called Whitma, um, where we were both panelists and a whole other story about that. But we always had this really nice connection and Yoshino has been working, had been working a lot with mid journey, which is such a disruptive, controversial technology, right? Like using AI to create art, how do you use it? Um, and he reached out to me and he's like, listen, like I've been really diving deeper into mid journey and like, it's really been helping my artistic practice, but I had this idea to maybe do a tarot deck. And I was like, whoa, that was like my first time really seeing mid journey and seeing what he was creating. And I'm like, everything else I had been seeing at that point felt very derivative where I'm like, Oh, you can tell somebody input, uh, Alex gray cactus sloth surfing on the moon, Lisa Frank, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you can tell when somebody's just understand how people come up with this stuff so randomly. I mean, is everyone a genius? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a genius and everyone is like kind of, a dunce. Yeah, kind of silly. Um, but it was just wild to me because I'm like, wow, I can actually see that it's you through this technology. And that's where there's the utility in it, where it's extracting something deep within the imagination of the artist, but it's not derivative. It's like how they're using this expanded consciousness to create something new. So he showed it to me and I'm like, well, if we're going to do a tarot deck, it's got to have a really strong thesis because AI art is pissing a lot of people off. It's mm -hmm. scary. It's, it's not something for the faint of heart because it is this tool that like a lot fear is going to actually replace humans. And I, I don't want to be associating with something that brings up fear unless it can be on the other hand and actually like inspire people to think bigger. So that's when like, we really were like starting to think of a thesis around it. And I'm like, well, you have the artist decoded podcast for me. I'm such an esoteric weirdo. And I believe everything is like a greater extension of creation, right? Even the weird stuff. How can we see how like using AI and the tarot and art and the artist decoded can all be in one thing. So I'm like, that's when I was like, okay, 
let's use this as the pathway to understanding how humans have actually tried to code their reality since time immemorial. You know, we've been using patterns and symbols and zeros and ones before we even knew that the computer could become a thing. So there. we developed a really strong thesis about like the tarot, uh, the gematria, the Kabbalah, uh, technology and art and the imagination, and then turning that tarot's journey also into a creative practice. So the way we pitched it was like, imagine psycho magic meets the artist's way meets uh technosis by Eric Davis. And then thus it was born. Thus it was. <laughs> so uh, it's super heady. <laughs> I, I had no idea AI was involved at all. And now I'm even more excited. And I love that you brought that up because we do discuss a lot of cultural awareness on the show even if it's seemingly not connected, but we're going to talk about how creativity and spiritual practice are connected in just a minute. But um, really quickly, though, can you talk a little bit, just speak a little bit on why AI might be problematic for like intellectual property reasons, just so people understand? Yes. So the very tech that these AI tools like Dolly or Midjourney use is basically aggregates their data from what users put into it. And then they kind of siphon out other artwork from other artists without their permission. So there was the whole Lenza AI avatar trend that went super viral. And I actually participated in it too. And then it turned out that the way that they were creating those avatars were actually by stealing artwork that they didn't have permission for, and they weren't compensating the artists that they stole from. So there is leaky boundaries when it comes to these tools. Um, So really, like, my really good friend Sarah Zucker has this quote that it's the witch, not the wand. And with AI tech, if you're using it to create something from your imagination, right? That's where you can mold it and it's something new. But a lot of folks are using some of this tech and putting in the exact name of the artist that they want to extract an aesthetic from or, you know, guiding it by literally saying like somebody else's name. So there are really, there needs to be kind of like ethics and morals that are internal as you use these systems because they could have done that with more integrity. They could have had people submit work and approve or deny it, you know, and like get your name out there, exposure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ever old tale of this will be great exposure for you. Sorry. But yeah. at least it would have been more ethical that way. Completely. And it's still the Wild West because, you know, in the world of art, people, uh, I think it's either Picasso or Dolly that says, like, every good artist knows how to hide their sources. And in, like, the postmodern world where everything is, like, inspired by everything, you know, it's overwhelming at this point. But it's just, it's a tricky, it's tricky terrain and it's new. Um, but it's just, it's important to have conversations about because it's not going away but it's just how can you use something ethically and, you know, stay in integrity while you use the tech? Yeah, there's a way. There's a way. You just got to look harder. Sometimes, exactly. a lot of the times, that's the easier way to do things anyway. Yeah. Don't get yourself canceled. Not necessary. No. <laughs> so I mentioned before about creativity as spiritual practice. That was something that you wanted to speak about. And I just kind of want to open the floor to that now. 
Yeah, it's a great segue um, because honestly, the, one of the big intentions of the artist Dakota Tech too is like these paired opposites, right? Like AI is this overwhelming force that exists that is aesthetically driving the deck, but on the other hand, every uh, one of the cards is a creative practice that's tangible for the real world, and. In the world of social media and content creation and like living in a capitalist model where we can't just like create something to just feel good, like we are worried on the other side of it is like, do we have to sell this or does it become a product, this, that, and the other thing? Deprogramming the brain about like what an artist even is and looking at creativity as this like function of life force flowing through you. I think it opens up your consciousness to a deeper connection with intuition. Cause like you had even mentioned like intuition and imagination exist in the same realms and being an artist, isn't some like a uh, scary thing or like an untenable thing. It's like just being alive. is like you're a living work of art. So whether you're writing every day or drawing or painting, or if your creativity is like working on your body or creating a meal, it's just finding ways to infuse more intention into daily life because that helps open up new realms of like connection to spirituality. And I mean, it sounds silly, but then my own experience with it, it's like this meta process where like, you know, I'll journal something and then a few days later see it or I'll, I'll draw something and then it'll show up. And it's just a way to kind of like work with synchronicity and like a hyper, <laughs> hyper magic way too. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like deprogramming the ideas of like, am I good enough even to be like having a creative process? And it's just like removing any, any of the thought process. Cause we're all artists in their own way, you know, and art is so fucking subjective. Like a man sold the banana taped on a wall for how many millions of dollars? Right. <laughs> the glasses on the floor of the museum. Nope. Somebody just dropped those really not part of the exhibit. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, we discussed a lot about tangibility, accessibility, uh, and what I was calling practical ascension, the way you described uh, grounded spirituality and the necessity for that. They, what would you suggest to someone who's just getting started to keep in mind? That when you start to uh, step outside of the matrix, if you will, the overused analogy that I actually really love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a fan of the matrix, you want to read Plato's allegory of the cave for the greater understanding of that. Um, it can become overwhelming and it's almost like surfing through the phases of grief where there's like denial and anger and then eventual acceptance, but the emotional roller coaster that will come when you're first dipping into the waters of the infinite is overwhelming. So you know, remembering to keep your feet on the ground and the power of noble silence is also really important. And that's not to silence anyone from like sharing what they're learning, but it's just discerning who to share with and how to share it and remembering the importance of questions on the way. Right. So, you know, I had shared with you like the story of when I first like woke up, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> I don't really know how else to say it, but I was just like wanting to shout everything from the rooftops and everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> and I, it was like very alienating. And I think ultimately, you know, spirituality is this tool to keep things, you know, as you ascend and understand the world in a different way. Like if you can't relate to your fellow human beings anymore, then where's the usefulness in that? Because 
you know, like it's a joke within the witchy community to say like muggles and stuff, but like muggles need love too. You know, like you can't go from like saying like, well, I, I now understand everything without honoring the, your inner muggle too. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like humility goes a really long way and it will take you further too. True. That's so real. That's so real. Humility, I feel, is a practice of not letting the ego either drive or navigate. Like, backseat only. We can see you and hear you. We need you. You're in the car, but shh, quiet. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good analogy. Yeah, because it's a terrible driver. Yeah, totally. And, but you know, not a great navigator either. Just no backseat with you. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, where like, you know, especially in the like, uh, more psychedelic realm of spirituality space is that like, every, there's this kind of like, it's almost like a meme where it's like, I've dissolved my ego now. And now all of a sudden right. like there's a new name and new identity. Like you can only talk about like, it's like, it's like the South Park episode with the goth kids and like, I'm a goth kid at heart. So it's like, it always laugh. I laugh about it to me where it's like, I don't fit in with anybody, but then I'm in like my own little pocket where it's just like an echo chamber of everyone saying the same thing. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, these but are I, constantly evolving. And when you hear the same message too many times, it just feels, it makes you feel like you've plateaued or you're stagnant or something. So I can relate to that. Yeah. And like, there's a teacher in everything. There's a teacher in everything and everyone. Yes. Yes. That's such an important reminder. That's (laughs) it's important. I need that reminder all the time because I'm a Leo rising and I can get carried away. (laughs) Um, but you know, that kind of like ties into being here now and living in the present moment. And what would some of your advice be for people using their intuition for the present? Yeah. So, you know, we are in a multitude of now all happening at once. Right. And like I, I had been kind of mentioning to you before we started recording is that like, you know, there, there's a period of time where I was so fixated on the future and worry about the future and like what's going to happen in the future that I wasn't seeing what was right in front of me. So, you know, learning the kind of somatic cues in your body or learning the different clairs, right. Which are the, the clear pathways of seeing. So, you know, you have like clairvoyance, which is like clear visions, clear audience, clear hearing, clear sentience, clear feeling, these are ways to like pay attention to the cues that you have as a human being that will help you navigate reality better. So, you know, it's just a matter of like not projecting too far into the future and using the tools that you have to see what's in front of you now. Yeah. I think you said earlier springboarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because the more you springboard upward without having, you know, a safety net, like the harder you're going to crash, you know, like even astronauts and exploring space have a tether back to the spaceship. Yeah, true. Well, if they didn't, see you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Good luck out there in the abyss. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, So I'm so curious. You... We, anyone who knows you knows your affinity for angels. 
in the biblical sense. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I am so curious. I just, for my own, I need to know what is going to happen on be not afraid.com. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's a good segue because it ties into everything. So in the summer of 2014, I actually was still reading um, Oracle cards openly and working out of a bookshop in Asbury Park called Paranormal Books. And I literally had the most life-changing instance where I was touched by an angel. And it was the craziest time because I was really like going deep into that realm and um, channeling. And it's not something I, I speak about publicly. Um, it will, uh, eventually I will talk deeper about that whole experience, but it was a very John D Enochian magic, literally like working with the Holy angel that was so affirming of this biblically accurate angel world that then somehow became a meme in my reality. <laughs> So before Be Not Afraid was even a meme, it was literally when I started working with like the angelic realm was like, fear not, be not afraid was like the first fucking thing that was told to me. (laughs) Oh my God. Weird. Um, So I have wanted to do uh, kind of backtracking to like the whole, when the artist Natalie Miller and I first connected over a mentee, um, our whole bonding point was about how we love angel decks, but there are no good angel decks out there. And the aesthetic is sick. <laughs> and we hate it. <laughs> and we're just like, oh my God, this is a joke. Um, so that was one of our first talking points. So all that to say, you know, Natalie and I planted that seed back in 2017. Uh, it, it further was, you know, kind of like blossoming from my experiences in 2014. And then because of a mentee and because of modern Nirvana and because of artist decoded, I'm like, what is next? I really want to finally do the angel deck. Like that speaks to the biblically accurate angels that goes deeper into the Neokian realms. It speaks about the celestial hierarchy that shows that angels are not just like these fucking white muscular guys with like tunics, that it's so much more celestial and trippy and weird. Um, so as fate would have it, be not afraid.com was available and I purchased it as a platform to lead into the deck that I'd like to do, but to also create a space for more angelic inspired art and um, clothing and all sorts of fun stuff of the be not afraid realm. That's so exciting. I I mean, obviously take your time with it because this is clearly like your next goals. So take your time. We want you to curate this, but I am so excited to see (laughs) What comes of it? So I guess my last question for you today would just be like modern Nirvana Oracle just came out last year. Um, What are some ways in which people should expect to be able to use it to its best ability? Awesome. Um, So yes, this deck um, for those who are new to Oracle cards, I think is a really great entry point. Because it's literally um, a tool to show you how you can weave words together to see your world better. And, you know, if you want to pull a card 
just for something to guide you through the day, you know, say you work with the deck and you pull resistance and you're like, well, what does this mean for me? It's a way to say, okay, I'm going to meditate on what this meaning is and see how it shows up on the day ahead of me and where I have resistance in my life and what lessons I can learn from it. Um, do you want to go deeper and pull for more cards? It's just like weaving together the ideas to see how they show up for you and how you can kind of break through them. You know, in Buddhist teachings, they often talk about like obscurations, which are kind of like mental blockages that obscure your mind from seeing the bigger picture. So they can help you identify what's obscuring your vision and also show you what's in front of you. Uh, one of the big pieces of feedback we got on the deck um, were that a lot of people don't like the sigil cards, which is understandable because um, they're not for everyone. And truth be told, it was originally supposed to be a 40 card deck and the publisher wanted 50. And that was our problem solving was to give it 10 cards that are more like meditative. So people that pull sigil cards. I want to say that I love the sigil cards. Oh, I'm so glad to hear because a lot of people don't. Just saying. Thank you. Um, but those, you know, so if you pull a sigil card, right, like uh, one of my collaborators, Bryant Wood, is an, such an angel person, sweetheart, amazing master breathwork teacher. He's offered breathwork practices. So if you don't want to read it to kind of like divine your day, you can use it as a practice to just center yourself through breath. Um so there's a multitude of ways you can use it, and hopefully all of them are useful and accessible and help open up new portals. <laughs> and I will have a link in the show notes to the Amazon page where you can buy the Modern Nirvana Oracle yourself. Is there anything that you want to invite people to to connect with you or follow you or any of those types of things? Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you know anyone wants to keep in touch, my Instagram is at Jennifer Sodini, uh, S like Sam, O D like David, I N I. And you know, be not afraid.com will be launching sometime within the next year. Artist Decoded Tarot comes out in 2024. So there's a bit of a wait for that. But if you want to kind of just get to know my work deeper, um, I mean, I, I really like connecting with my fellow humans on social media because, you know, it can be a weapon or a tool. And I tend to veer towards the side of using it as a tool to connect with new friends that I wouldn't normally have access to. So say hi. And in case anyone's like feeling apprehensive, that's how I met Jennifer. Well, I mean, the Amenti Oracle I had mentioned in an article and then we became friends on Instagram. We've never met in person but no, she will connect with you. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like I've known you my, like forever. Like, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jen. It was such a blast interviewing you. I'm going to have to have you back when the, the next deck drops. You're going to have to come back. I would love that. Stay mystic, witches. Beautiful. Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast. <laughs>